Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that is so important in my practice, and I think awareness is why I have decided to have a podcast specifically about autism. You know, there's not one type of autism. There's many. Autism, or what many people refer to as autism spectrum disorder, refers to a broad range of conditions that are classified and challenged by different social skills, repetitive behaviors, speech, or nonverbal communication. According to the Center for Disease Control, autism affects about 1 in 44 children in the United States today. But like I mentioned, there's not one type of autism, but many subtypes, and it can be influenced by a combination of of factors. Because it is what we call a spectrum disorder, each person with autism has a distinct set of strengths and challenges. The ways in which people with autism learn, think, problem solve can range from a highly skilled level to severely challenged. Some people with autism spectrum disorder may require significant support in their daily lives, while others need much less support and in some cases live entirely independently. Signs of autism can and usually appear by age two or three. Some associated developmental delays, though, can appear earlier and often it can be diagnosed as early as 18 months. Research, though, has showed that the earlier we get intervention for these kids, the more positive the outcomes are for people with autism. So what are these signs? How can we learn them? Well, one of the most important things you can do as a parent is to learn the early signs of autism and become familiar with the typical developmental milestones that your child should be reaching, because otherwise, how would you ever know? Autism diagnosis, age and intensity, and the early signs vary widely. Some infants show some hints in the first month, and others, it might not become so obvious until they are two or three. Not all children with autism show all the signs. Many children who don't have autism show a few. So you might have, you might look at your child and think, wow, they have a few of these signs and symptoms, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have autism. So this is why a professional evaluation is absolutely critical. So what I like to look at is if you look, if you're looking for the risk for an autism spectrum disorder, what you need to find out is what they should be doing at by a certain age. And this can be a range as well. If your child exhibits any of the following, ask your pediatrician or family doctor for an evaluation right away. So by six months, 
you know, they should be smiling. They should be warm to others, joyful, and start to show engaging expressions. If at six months there are few or no big smiles or other warm, joyful, or engaging expressions and limited or no eye contact, this could be an early sign. By nine months, a sign could be little or no back and forth sharing of sounds, smiles, or even facial expressions. So by nine months, they should be starting to kind of, you know, have a little bit of like you're talking to them, like a a conversation um, with the way that they just babble, cue, cue, coo, (laughs) or vocalize. Now at 12 months, if you notice little or no babbling or little or no back and forth gestures, like I mentioned, that could be a warning sign too. Also, definitely by 12 months, they should be responding to their name. I tend to find that they're responding to their name by nine months, but if by 12 months you notice that they're not, then that is something that, you know, I would bring attention to your pediatrician. By 16 months, they should have some words, but if they're saying no words, that could be a a warning sign as well. At two, if they're, we would expect them to be able to say more words and start to put two words together, not including intimidating or repeating. So if there's very few or no meaningful two word phrases, not including imitating or repeating, then that could be a sign. At any age, I want you to be aware of the following. Like if they were, if they had an acquired speech and all of a sudden they lost it, so they were babbling, they did have some social skills and they lost it, that would be something you would want to bring to your doctor's attention. If they avoid on contact, if they prefer or persist to prefer to be alone, if they have difficulty understanding other people's feelings, delayed language development, as I mentioned, or persistent re- repetition of words or phrases, that's called echolalia. If they are resistant to minor changes in routine or surroundings, if they restrict their interests, certain things that they will do, repetitive behaviors such as flapping, rocking, spinning, etc., an unusual or intense reaction to sounds, smells, tastes, textures, light, or even colors. If you have concerns, get your child screened and contact your healthcare provider. What we do in our office at the two-year well visit is something called the MCHAT, which stands for the Modified Checklist for Autism in Toddlers. And this can help you determine if a professional evaluation is needed for your child. It can actually be found online, and it's a very, very simple screen, and it only takes a few minutes. And the answers that you put, or, you know, which are just basically yes or no answers, can suggest if your child has a high probability for autism. So please consult your child's doctor. Doctor. Likewise, if you have any concerns about your child's development, don't wait. You know, speak to your doctor now about screening your child for autism. 
If your child's under three, he or she can receive a free evaluation and begin receiving supportive services and interventions even without a formal diagnosis. Contact your state's early intervention office for an evaluation. Autism Speaks, which is um, which you can find online, has an excellent resource guide to find out contact information for your state and also has information on early, the early intervention, like your state's early intervention office. And that's autismspeaks.org. If your child's over three, you should be able to contact your school district and request an evaluation. Your child does not need a diagnosis of autism to receive the evaluation. This evaluation will basically determine if your child qualifies to begin receiving specialized services and supports through his or her local school. Keep in mind that not all concerns result in a diagnosis of autism or other specific dis developmental disabilities, but being proactive can make a world of difference for your child. It's important to remember that you know your child best, and if you are concerned, you need to voice it. I have two very special guests with me today. The first is Joanne Weinman who is a mom, and she's going to give me a mother's perspective. But my other special guest, I'd like for him to introduce himself. All right. What's your name? My name is Caden Weinman. And Caden, how old are you? I'm nine years old. And what grade are you in right now? I'm in third grade. How do you like school? I like school because I do math and science is easy. It's easy. Yeah. A lot of people think those math and science is hard. But this year, I'm going to be 10 years old. You're going to be 10? You're going to be in double digits. Okay. That, like going from one digit nine to two digits 10, right? It's kind of interesting, huh? Okay. Now, tell me what else you like about school. I like science. Okay. And math. All right. And social studies. Oh, good. And that's all my three parts. Now, what do you like to do when you're not in school? Play in the snow. Oh, yeah. And just relax, have summer. You like summer? I like summer, too. Yes. But I don't mind the snow, either. That's pretty fun. Yes, I certainly do. That's good. That's good. What else do you like to do? Do you, do you like to play any sports? I play soccer next. Oh, good. And so you're going to get to play soccer. I, I think I remember, didn't you play and baseball? And I have two teachers, and my mine are Mrs. Alexander and Mrs. Newton. So you have two teachers in your class. Yes, I certainly do. Now, do you tell me about some friends you have in your class. I have my best friend. His name's Kason, and he is nine years old, and he's in my class, and he's in third grade. Okay, good. Last year, I was in second grade, and my teacher was Mrs. Bryce. Oh, wow. So <laughs> it's the same school, correct? <clears throat> Yes, I do. Yeah, so you didn't have to go to a different school, and you like you like your school. Yep. So, what is your favorite food? My favorite foods: pizza, hamburgers, fries, hot dogs, ice cream, and pizza. Wow! If you had to pick one, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My favorite food's pizza. Pizza. That's good. It's everything that's on your Crocs right now, right? Oh. Yeah. My Crocs are hamburgers, hot dogs, and pizzas. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think there's a lot of people out there that would agree that those are some really good, tasty foods, huh? Okay. Now, tell me a little bit about your family. Your mom is here, and we're going to— My gonna... dad works at Seal Dare. Okay. And, and Emery and... goes to school with me. And do you have any pets? Uh, but I have Koopa and Yoshi, but Yoshi died. Aw. But Koopa's still around, right? Koopa's 11 years old. So he's just a couple years older than you. But next next year, I'm going to be 11 years old. After the after this year. Okay. So, and then you have a sister. Yep, I have a sister, and her name's Emery. Aw. And do you get along with your sister? Yes, I do. Good. I know that you love your sister very much, huh? Yes, I do. Good. Good. Is it okay if I ask your mom some questions? Sure. Yeah, but if you have anything that you'd like to say while we're talking, you just let us know. Sound good? All right. Okay. So, Joanne, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about kind of the journey that you've been. I do want to say to those listening that, you know, she has been an amazing mom. And I have had the opportunity to not only watch her grow as as a parent, but also just how well she is with both her kids, you know? And so I really, that's why I asked Joanne to come and talk today because I think she has a lot of information that can really help people because I also have had the opportunity to watch Caden grow and Caden, you're doing such a good job. Yep. Yeah, I think so. So when did you first start to notice that, Maybe there was something going on. So I think in about 18 months, we noticed that Caden didn't seem to be really talking as much as other kids his age. So at that point, we decided to go see a speech therapist and have him evaluated. But since he was only 18 months, the speech therapist thought like, maybe he could be delayed or maybe he just hasn't had his burst yet. So we did end up waiting about a year and a half after that to move on to the next process of getting him evaluated. Because if I recall, Caden's always been very smart. Oh, yeah. Caden's been very smart. I think at two and a half, you know, he wasn't really saying a whole lot of words, but he already knew his entire alphabet and could point to all the letters and tell you what they were, even not in order. And I think most kids these days learn that in, you know, pre-K and kindergarten. So we just thought that was amazing for him. Right, right. And so that makes it kind of hard to think, okay, well, he's so smart, you know, we're just, it was really just the language. Did you start to notice anything else? You know, it was it was kind of hard for us at first just because Caden uh, was our firstborn and he was also the first cousin. So we didn't really have a lot of children his age to model off of. So quirky things that Caden would do, we just thought he was being silly. Right. So we weren't we didn't really know some of the things that his behaviors that he was doing was really signs of autism. I can understand that. I can understand that. So then about. So around, you said two and a half, three. What happened then? 
So at about three, we decided to move on with the process and go to Cleveland Clinic to get him evaluated to see if he had autism. Okay. And at the time, you know, we're thinking like, maybe he has autism, maybe he doesn't. We had no idea. So we took him there and... If any other parents have been through any sort of special needs evaluation, it takes a really long time. Just to get the packet, it took about three months, and then you fill out tons and tons of paperwork, and then you see doctors that evaluate um, your child. And I remember one time we were at an evaluation where Caden was there with us, and he was three, and he was so nervous. The only place that he felt comfortable was sitting underneath the chair and peeling this sticker that was under the chair because he really loved stickers at that time. Yeah. And that's just what made him feel comfortable. Right, right. And, I mean, he wasn't hurting anybody. No. So, so, and I, I hear that a lot from others about it does take time. And I'm sure that's that's stressful, though, too, because you probably, like all of us, we all want answers right mm-hmm. away. So that must have been a little bit hard going through that. But you persevered through that. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's really hard at first and you're just waiting and waiting, waiting to find out. And um, I know when we had found out about Caden's diagnosis, you know, we're thinking like maybe just mild or, um, you know, not at all. And they came back and said that he had severe autism. How did you feel about that? That was hard, you know, like thinking, you know, we just thought, Maybe just mild and them coming back and saying severe, you know, you see other kids with special needs and you look at your own kid and you just you just don't think that that's the case. But, you know, the more that they explained everything to us, like things that, like I said earlier, things that we didn't think about, like him just being quirky, like um, certain clothes that he would want to wear, jumping up and down, flapping his arms, like his specific routines, like him getting easily frustrated, things like that. Like, we had no idea that those were um, early signs. Right, right. And it is hard, too, especially when they're toddlers, because like you said, is it something behavioral? Mm -hmm. You know, is he just super excited? Yeah. And that's why he does certain things? Or was it it actually a sign? And, And not everybody fits into a specific mold. Would you agree? Yeah, right. I mean, they call it a spectrum for a reason because, you know, every kid is going to be different and there's this huge spectrum of where you're going to fall on that. Yeah, I like to try to explain to people like it's like an umbrella, you know. So if you think about an umbrella, you know, everybody kind of, you know, where people fall underneath that umbrella is very different. And so the diagnosis itself doesn't have to define you. Right. You know, it's it's finding the strengths you know, and knowing, you know, strengths and weaknesses, but not looking at it as a weakness, but looking at the strengths and then working with the things that can be improved. Right. So how long do you think it took, and I'm just being real, you know, before you, you know, just kind of got over the fact when somebody says, you know, your child has autism. I mean, I think it took a very long time. Yeah. You know, like Caden was diagnosed when he was three and he's nine now. And I think that, you know, at first it was it was hard. It was really hard. Of course. And um, you just have so many different things going on and things going in going on in your mind. Like 
is he going to be able to do this when he's older? Is he going to be able to do that when he's older? And you have no idea. And there's, does he need to go to this school? Does he need to do that? And I will say that early intervention is the best thing for any kid with autism or any kind of special needs. Like when Caden first got diagnosed, he was barely saying any words. And um, we were lucky enough to have Caden go to a preschool for <sighs> kids just with autism. And I am so grateful for that school. Like, I do not think that Caden would be in the spot where he is right now if we didn't have him at that school. Hey, Caden, so do you remember going to school at Monarch? Do you remember going there? Yeah. Yeah? What do you think about it? I do. There was so much fun. There was tablets and I, and, um, I don't know where my mu- my pre-K music teacher is, but actually... I don't remember. You know her phone number? I don't know. Oh, that's okay. But I know you can memorize phone numbers easy. You've been able to do that for a long time. Okay. Yeah. So he went to school. How many years was he in that preschool program? So he was there, I think it was, he started halfway through his first year. So I think he was there for two and a half years. So he started kindergarten a little bit later than most kids um, would. So he was... Just turned six. That's when he went to kindergarten. So before that, he was in he was at Monarch in preschool. Okay. Now you had tell um, tell us about kind of what you had to do to fight for him to get into that school. That wasn't an easy process either. No, it wasn't. So I think if anybody knows me, they know that I'm kind of laid back. But now when it comes to my kids, so I think that what you need to do is be the biggest advocate for your child. And um, so when we first found out about Caden's diagnosis, I had called the local school district that we went to and asked them if they had a preschool for kids with special needs because I was told that every school was supposed to have a preschool like that. And when I called the first time, uh, they turned me away. They said, no, we don't have anything like that. So, you know, you feel a little defeated. And then you talk to more people and you say, they're like, no, they're definitely supposed to have that. So um, what my husband and I ended up doing was hiring a lawyer, and the lawyer really helped us um, get through everything, and we ended up having to go through mediation with the local school district so that they would send Kate into the preschool that I was talking about. And, you know, it was a, it was a little bit of a hard process, and it was long, but you really just need to stick through it and make sure that you have a really good support system. I couldn't have done that without, of course, my aunt and then my mom and my dad. Like, my mom was there for me so much through everything, like, even just to give me a hug. Like, sometimes you just need that from your mom. Right. For sure. And, and you know, it, it would be much easier to just say, okay, they don't have it for him, you know, but you knew that this was something that he needed and that he had – you know, the ability to be able to go to preschool. And you're absolutely right that that <sighs> there should be some kind of program um, for, for kids, you know, an early intervention program at every school under the age of three. So as well as even older than three, but at definitely, you know, every district should have that. So it couldn't have been financially easy either because I'm sure there's somebody out there thinking, well, I couldn't hire a lawyer. Right. I mean, a lawyer wasn't cheap, but of course, you know, again, you need to find your support system. And 
find people that can help you out through that and just make sure that, um, you know, you, you do whatever you can for your kid. I mean, you find ways to get through it and just make sure that they can have everything that they need. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a priority. Yeah. So you're right. And so, and it, and thank goodness it, it turned out really well. Yes, it and did. So then he was at this preschool and then he, did he attend kindergarten there too? No, he, he attended kindergarten at the local school district. And I will say that now after that, we did have a really good relationship with the local school district. Like, so the yes, same? It was, yes, it was rough at first. But, you know, after talking with them and, you know, having them send him to that preschool, we ended up having a really good relationship. Good, good. Yeah, because you don't have to burn bridges. Right. You're just trying to do what's best for your child. And it doesn't mean, like, if the district doesn't have the resources, then you then you find how, they, how you can. Right. But it doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just no. means that they just didn't have what he needed. Yeah, exactly. But it sounds like they came around and then really, you know, said, we're going to, we're going to help at this point. We're going to do what we can because it, I'm sure it got to a point where including him into, you know, with other kids made a big difference at that point. Yeah. I think they were very accommodating with that and everything, you know, we all worked together to make sure that he had the goals that he needed and then uh, for me, it's always my goal for Caden to be as independent as possible, but if he needs support to have it there. So when he was in kindergarten and first grade, he was in the general education classroom, but he had a classroom aide there sitting with him to help him with everything that he needed and to help him stay focused, which I think is great. Like, yeah. I think that, you know, he need he needed to be in with the other kids so th- he can model off of their behavior. Yes, he did get pulled out for his therapies and things like that, but he needed to be able to see how these other kids interact with each other and how they do everything. So Caden had what I'm sure is people may or may not know, but called an IEP, which stands for Individual Education Plan. I personally think every child should have an individual education plan because they all learn differently right. no matter what. Um, but... Did you find it challenging for the school to, you know, follow that plan? Did you have to, like, keep tabs on them, making sure they're they're compliant? Yeah, um, I think that, I mean, they, they follow it, but I think you do. You need to review those things that they send home every nine weeks to make sure that he's staying on track. <clears throat> and just make sure that... Um, you know, he's following and he's reaching his goals that he needs to reach. And if you don't think that he is or he or she is reaching their goals, that you're, you know, asking the right questions, making sure that you're staying on top of it. Because, you know, I hate to say it, but there's just so many kids that are on IEPs that, you know, sometimes kids just get lost in the shuffle. And you need to just make sure as a parent that, again, you're being the biggest advocate for them and you need to make sure that you stay on top of it. Absolutely. I love that you're doing that because sometimes as a pediatrician, they'll come back and see me and say, you know, we're not seeing progress or we're not. So I'll say many times, like, let's take a look at the IEP. And I'm not saying that things, you know, I'm not trying to put down the school system, not at all, because I mean, they most of the time do such a wonderful job. But there could be little things in there, too, that, you know, would make a big difference for Caden. Right. And so 
It is important, I believe, as a parent to have those, you know, regular, you know, interventions where you're meeting with them or just finding out how is he meeting the targets that they had set for him. Mm -hmm. And if he isn't, why and what we can do about it. Right. And I will say, too, that, you know, never be scared to ask a question with the school district. Like if your child's having a hard time with something, I would express that with them. And I know with both school districts that Caden has been to, they've been very responsive. Well, we can put this plan together or we can do this visual schedule for Caden to help, which is awesome. Like, don't be scared to ask. Like, they're these people are always willing to help and make sure that your child is, you know, succeeding in what they need to. Now, how how do you feel like he's doing in general, like at home, for example? Like, do you find that it's difficult at times to manage his behavior? I know you and I at one point talked about, you know, possibility of medication. But you knew Caden. Obviously, you're his mom. And I always say parents know their kids very well. And you felt in your heart, he he doesn't need it. And now, of course, looking back, he's done so well without medication. Yeah. So tell me your thoughts about that and really how you kind of stuck to your guns about just being like, this. I don't think this is what's going to work for him. Yeah, like uh, my husband and I, we've always just thought that that's not the route that we want to take. And you just find other ra- other ways. Like we know that when Caden gets upset, sometimes he just needs a really big squeeze. You just hold him and squeeze him. You just find like other ways to make them feel better. Just listen to them. Know what the cues that you can see from them and work with those. And you know what else that I've really been impressed that I want others to know? And that is you never treat him like he's a child with a disability or special need. And that's amazing because if he does something wrong, then you discipline him. If it's not working out, you change the situation. If he does something great, you, you reward him just like you would your other child. And I really believe that that's important too. Yeah, I mean, I don't want Caden to feel like he's different than anybody else. Like, yes, he learns differently. Yes, he views things differently, but he's still a child. He still needs rules. He still needs to be able to um, listen. And that's not easy because it's much easier to, you know, feel guilt or feel bad or feel sorry for, you know, your child if they're if there is something that they are dealing with, no matter what the diagnosis is, no matter what their, you know, medical, physical, mental, um, you know, issues might be, you're right. They, you just have to love them. You yeah. just have to treat them like they are. And they'll do so much better that way than, you know, always feeling like, and and he'll he'll become more resilient and be able to go on and, and do more on his own because you've really you're you're guiding him you're holding his hand but you're also but he still has expectations and uh and you know watching him grow I've seen you know how well you've worked with him both of you both you know um you know his dad as well as yourself what are some other thoughts you would want to share with people who are just starting this journey I would say um, just be patient with yourself. 
Like, I know it's a really hard journey and it seems like maybe it'll never end. But just remember that every minute, every month, every year, it's going to get easier. You're going to get through it. Make sure you have the people that you need with you. Um, And then just embrace their differences. Like, you know, I always see Caden doing his little silly things and I just think he's hilarious. Like, he's such a funny little boy. And, you know, some people will say, like, well, we need to do this to make sure that, you know, he's acting more like a typical kid. And to me, it's like, but I want Caden to be Caden. Right. You know, like, I want to make sure that when I see Caden, I'm still seeing that silly little boy jumping up and down because he's just so full of excitement. You know what I mean? For sure. I mean, you know, the the main things are, you know, is he achieving academically? Mm -hmm. Is he making friends and being social? You know, what is his self-esteem about? Because he gets to be himself. And, you know, is he safe? And so yes. I think that's really important. And if all of those things are okay, then, yeah, letting him, you know, be have his own personality just like any child is yeah. is so important. I think, too, that it's important um, not only only to educate yourself about, you know, different kinds of disabilities and special needs, but... Also, to encourage your friends and family to educate themselves just so, you know, they understand more when they see your child with a special need and why they're acting like that or why they're talking that way. I think that it's really important to be able to interact with anybody. Well, and I, I, if it's okay with you, I'd like to share one of the things that, although it's changed now, but one of the things that Caden you know, that was a trigger for him was singing and yes. even more specifically happy birthday. That, so yeah. Yeah. Talk about that. So um, when Caden was younger, I would say it started probably around three or four. He had a really hard time with the happy birthday song. Yeah. Like we, he, we would have to leave birthday parties early or, you know, if they were really close friends, we'd be like, okay, we're going to go in the other room now because he just could not handle the happy birthday song. Like it just threw him into the biggest mm-hmm. meltdown. Yeah, And, you know, to anybody else that doesn't know someone with special needs or been around anything like that, they're like, wow, that's really strange. <laughs> and But you just have to learn how to um, accommodate for your child. Like, we, we would just have to go in the other room or we would leave early. And, you know, it was amazing. When I say, like, you should always um, praise your child for their accomplishments, it's like, I can't remember it was – a year or two ago when he finally started singing the happy birthday song and we were all like, oh my goodness, like wow. when did this happen? And it's just so amazing to see how much he's grown. Yeah. So being able like really close people and, and friends, family, which I would imagine if you're there um, celebrating and we did, we, we, it took a while, I would say for the family to not understand. I think everybody was always understanding, but to remember, yes, you know, because something like happy birthdays, so common but it wasn't a big deal at all you know we just all learned and we still had cake and we still had parties and we still had fun and everybody just enjoyed it because in our family we realized that we would much rather have Caden with us than to have him have to leave or walk even go into the other room and you know what too I mean even his sister being at such a young age she was so understanding that you know, we're not going to sing happy birthday to you on your birthday, but it's for your brother and she loves him so much, even at like 
four years old that she was like, okay, okay. I still get cake. Like, <laughs> Do I still get my presents and my cake? Yeah. Okay. Then I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's great. But um, it is, it is just kind of learning. But, you know, what else is that you also don't have to make excuses. It's, it's, there's a difference between I'm make awareness and excuses, wouldn't you say? Because Caden is, there's no need to make excuses. Right. It's, he just, he is who he is and we love him for it. And if there's something that's going to upset him or bother him, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, straightforward with it. And I'm going to say, well, we're either going to have to go in the other room or we're going to have to leave. And I hope we're not trying to offend anybody, but that's just how it is. Yeah. And I mentioned that because I really want families to to model what you're doing and understand that there's there's no need to right, make you an should, excuse. You what? should never feel ashamed. What? Not at all. Not at all. And you know, because every um, child is different no matter who they are. It's not Caden who has autism, mm-hmm. right? It, right? It like I said before, it it doesn't have to define him. So tell us now you know, we you talked about how he wasn't talking and things like that. And now we know he can sing happy birthday. Where would you say, you know, his development is right now? So, you know, we're actually going through the ETR process right now, which is a three-year evaluation. Um, so when he had his last evaluation, they moved him from severe to moderate, which we thought was great. That's and awesome. We totally agreed with that. And we're going through it now, and I don't know where he's going to be, but I definitely think that he would be more mild or moderate than he was before. I mean, he still does have a hard time um, with his speech cognitively and, you know, receptively. And so I do think that, you know, we still have to work with that, and that's what his IEP is for and his speech therapy, but... Just with his behavior alone, I've seen so much growth with that. And I i mean, partially because of his age, but I think, too, just with everything that the school has done for him. Also, it he's just come such a far away. I, I mean, I can tell. its There was a time where he didn't necessarily make eye contact, mm-hmm. and now he definitely makes eye contact. And you couldn't have a conversation, you know, per se, And he, it's easy to have conversation with him and he asks about my day and how I'm doing and it's all very appropriate. And Mm -hmm. he also is, seems to be listening and understanding things better, which I think are awesome. And the other thing that I noticed too is he likes hugs. Because I remember there was a time where he really didn't want to hug or kiss goodbye or hello. And um, I love that about him. Oh, yeah. He loves to give hugs. And he'll give me a thousand kisses a day if he could. And I will never want that to go away. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I would. I could agree. I'm a mom, too. And I would say that is pretty awesome. Any Anything else you'd like to mention? Because I really am so appreciative that you have come and, like, taken the time because I really believe others need to hear your perspective and especially about, you know, being an advocate and getting him involved in early intervention. Those are things that are so important because I'm sure, you know, when you first get that diagnosis, it's everyone would 
feel sad, sad for yourself, sad for him. But you guys decided let's, you know, we're, we're going to make this, we're not going to make this, you know, we're going to make this good. We're going to, we're going to make sure that he gets everything that he needs and he certainly has come a, a very long way. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I would say is that you're going to have bad experiences. You're going to have a lot of bad experiences with any child. You know, it's going to happen. But, you know, especially with a child with special needs. And I just want to say don't give up. You know, like if you have this bad experience, you learn from it. And just remember that, yes, it was heartbreaking for you, but it was heartbreaking for them, too. And you just need to move forward and try again. You know, and then also with their accomplishments, just, you know, make sure that you celebrate everything, big or small. Love Kaden, it. Kaden um, graduated OT last year and we made a huge deal out of it. Like we went to dinner and we celebrated and, you know, you just you have to celebrate all those accomplishments. So, Kaden, I have a question for you. What? So tell me what you really really want for your birthday because i don't know what to get you for your as a birthday present so i want um i want a i want a brand new iphone and i want a samsung galaxy z flip oh is that like a type of phone yes wow all right well we'll we'll i'll have to talk to your mom and dad and see if uh if Dr. Auntie Sarah can get that for you. So, Kaden, I am so grateful that you came. I love you so much. I love you, too. And I just want to say thank you for coming and being part of my show. Do you think you come back sometime? Yeah, I do. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I just want to thank both Joanne and Kaden for coming today. And, you know... This is all a process. We're all growing. And that's where I got my title was growing up with Dr. Sarah. So let's grow up together. And don't forget to listen wherever you listen to your shows like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thanks. 